This is Nomina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health and holistic care community to talk about different mental health issues and treatment modalities. Now, guest opinions are their own and some content may be triggering. But at Nomina, we treat complex treatment-resistant mental health and addiction, so we know the importance of making exceptional mental health accessible to everyone. And with that, today's guest is Samantha Hunt, who is a Master's of Social Work, and she is here to talk to us about the importance of family programs. With that, welcome Samantha. Thank you so much for having me, Joanne. I'm really, really happy to be back and and so excited to kind of continue talking about some of the work that I do. And I think all of all of what we talk about here, all of that you cover on this uh, on this YouTube show and the podcast, uh, really helpful for people. And if we can get the message out to more and more people, that's wonderful. And it just helps uh, more people. And I love that. Yeah. Well, and I'm excited about today's topic because I actually was just yesterday writing a blog post for us on the difference between um, compulsive lying and that pathological lying. And one of the big things that kept coming up in it is, is with looking for treatment is family support. And it struck me that we always talk about family support when it comes to addiction recovery, but the family unit is so important in any kind of mental health recovery. Absolutely. Yeah. I I mean, that's what I really wanted to talk about today is the importance of working with a whole system of people. You know, oftentimes we see that mental health support is very individualized. But that individual is part of a whole system of people that could contribute to wellness or contribute to staying stuck in that illness unknowingly, usually. But how can we kind of support that whole system of people moving towards wellness together? And that's really the approach that uh, we try to take at Nomina as you know, much as we can. Obviously, there's there's lots of work that we do with an individual who may be at our inpatient treatment center at our second stage housing or at any of our intensive outpatient programs, you know, that individualized support is so, so important. And uh, we also try to involve the family unit. It's, uh, you know, pretty case dependent. Um, It's not kind of that one size fits all approach. But for example, we might use our family counselors to provide some therapeutic skills, some intervention, some, some care and support to family members. Our family therapists might be helping with um, some family reintegration work with the the individual who's in our programming and their family, some work all together. Uh, It could look like couples therapy. Yeah, it could look like a lot of different things. We also offer, you know, an intensive weekend workshop for just family members, um, which gives people that uh, psychoeducation it gives them some practical skills and resources to utilize with their family member. And actually just in life in general, oftentimes we don't realize that, you know, maybe we have our own areas that we could work on. You know, I've heard lots of times when I'm delivering some of the content in the family weekend workshop, oh, this would actually be really helpful at work too. And with some of my friends. So it's, you know, important pieces that, you know, we can all sometimes use in our lives. Yeah. So it'll, it'll look like lots of different things and that sort of individualized approach of, of 
what does each person and their family unit need? Yeah, I can see that two sides of the coin that as a person going through mental health recovery, what I need from my family and towards in terms of my support network. But then I've been on the opposite side where I've gone through, I've done our family program, but and I did another family program because of what I was struggling with with one of my old own children. Yeah. And so we can we can really see how when the whole family unit is kind of on board and making these changes together, it just increases, you know, the prospect of of moving towards wellness. And I I also want to kind of make the distinction that when I talk about a family system, that could be, you know, a biological family of origin, or it could be a chosen family. Uh, Lots of us have, you know, those families that we choose in our life, uh, and it might look a little bit different. And so, you know, when I use the term family, it's inclusive of, you know, those chosen families of our, our important people that we have around us. So what would be your top tips for somebody for say the addict or the person that's recovering from bipolar or any of any of those different um, reasons that they come to nomina? Overarching advice would be, you know, if your family, your trusted loved ones are, you know, are not actively causing kind of harm, like we want to make sure that we're not engaging in in harmful um, relationships, inviting them to be on board. Oftentimes uh, with clients that I've worked with in our inpatient programming, you know, I like to say that we don't come with instruction manuals. As we start to do the work of, you know, exploring for myself what my needs are, how I like people to show up for me, I can share that with my trusted loved ones and give them a really awesome user manual that says, you know, when X happens, this is how I'd like for you to show up for me. And then when we can do some of that family supportive work that says, okay, family member, your loved one would like for you to show up in this way. How can we facilitate that? How does that feel for you? And so we kind of work all together. The analogy that I like to give is, and the reason this is such important work is that um, in our relationships, we all typically fall into patterns right? Patterns of engagement. And I call it like the way in which we dance together. So you can imagine um, myself and my partner or my parent or my sibling, you know, we've been doing the tango for years and years and years. And I know that when I do this step in the tango, you're going to follow and follow up with that step in the tango. And as humans, we like to act and interact in pretty predictable ways. And so we get really used to doing the tango. And, you know, maybe my partner, my parent, my sibling goes away to treatment. And, um, you know, for for whatever their concern is, uh, and they start to learn these steps to the cha-cha that are like, oh, the cha-cha is much healthier for me. It's a much healthier way for me to engage with people and to show up in my life. So they complete treatment they have these new skills, they have this new sense of self, they're in touch with that strong and healthy sense of self, they come back home, and they start doing the cha-cha. But I'm here, and I only know how to do the tango with that person. And so if we kind of utilize that, um, you know, metaphor of dancing, what's the likelihood that I'm just going to on my own start picking up the cha-cha and move in this healthier direction with my person? It's much more likely that we're going to fall back into the tango, what might be an unhelpful dynamic, 
And that person that's done so much work to get healthier might actually start falling back into those not so helpful patterns and behaviors. So that's why it's important that we help everybody um, that, you know, is part of that system get on board with some of those new dance skills. That makes perfect sense when you explain it that way. Because I, I mean, I've been guilty of being trapped in, a, in an unhealthy pattern. And it's so hard to break out of that. For sure. And oftentimes, you know, in especially like in some of the couples therapy that I do or the family work that I do, folks are saying, I know this pattern is not helpful. I just don't know any other way to be. Or I don't know any other way to relate or show up because I know this has at least gotten this result and that's comfortable to me. It might be uncomfortable, but it's comfortable because I know what to expect. And as humans, it's scary to do something new, right? And so it also takes a lot of trust in ourselves, in our loved one who may be going through something really difficult and the rest of the family system that says we can all show up in a new way and move more towards like these healthier dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how if a fresh start would be so important because I've been on that side as a woman who needed a family program to deal with an issue within my family and to have the ability to look at things different because it's so hard. We, we build up these expectations of our loved one and they're changing, but we can't, I couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see it. And then I kept falling back into the same patterns of baiting her and, so that brings up like another great metaphor that I typically uh, bring into our, our family workshop is we get blinders, right? If I expect you to just do the tango within this certain realm of steps, that's all I'm going to see and anticipate. And so it's also about, can I take those blinders off and start to see that, oh, we're doing something different here. I can start to to gather some new historical evidence, so to speak, that uh, something something different is capable of happening instead of falling back into our old patterns that might not have been so helpful. Yeah. And then the things that I learned for my own personal self-development through the course, uh, boundaries was one that really struck me, as well as how to have difficult conversations. That particular segment within the family program really helped me anyway. Oh, yes. I love uh, both of those. And I mean, great reminders for all of us. Every time I deliver that programming, it's always this sense of, oh, yeah, these are really important uh, for us to be able to show up in our in our systems and our relationship, you know, to take it back uh, a, a step of, of why that's so important, why boundaries are so important, why having difficult conversations are so important. We at Nomina utilize the stamp model, which is um, a model for wellness uh, designed by Dr. Adriana Wilson. So the first two pieces of the stamp model are safety and team. And we know that these are, from research, that these are most indicated in folks who experience mental health concerns. And so they might experience a lack of safety and they might experience a lack of, of team, those safe uh, trusted loved ones around them that they feel they can, you know, contribute to the team and they feel that the team might have their back. And so importance of working with the family system is to help improve everybody's experience of that team, right? We want to be able to relate to our team on a, on a deeper, more, you know, emotionally connected level. 
We want to feel safe within our team. We want to feel like we're a contributing member of our team. And so one of the reasons that, you know, boundaries are so important is because it's the safe container of here's how we operate in the team. You know, I don't know if you've ever had the experience of, of going to a job with really undefined roles or undefined expectations or rules without that safe container of boundaries. I don't know how I'm supposed to operate. Okay. So if you've ever had the experience of, you know, being in a, a workplace um, with maybe undefined roles, uh, unclear expectations or uh, rules that are enforced fairly haphazardly, you know, one day somebody gets in trouble for something and the other they don't, or one day something's okay and the next it isn't. The importance of, of boundaries is to feel safe within that team environment that I know how I'm expected to show up. I know how I how I can contribute to my team effectively, which makes me feel really good. And I know that my team is going to be there for me to hold me, you know, within these boundaries if I happen to to cross outside of them. And so, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about how we can establish safety and how we can establish uh, safety within our team. And that's the importance of boundaries. Having difficult, uncomfortable conversations is also an important part of a healthy team. Now, you mentioned STAMP, and we covered the S, and we covered the team. What about the rest of it? Do you you mind just quickly going into that? Yeah, so STAMP is the five things we need to be well. So first, we have safety and team, which we would see as really important, especially with mental health. Um, But then we as humans also need aim and, you know, purpose. Uh, we need meaning and we need play, right? So that's just outlining the stamp, the stamp model, um, you know, really quickly of those five things we need in our life. And um, we might need a different mix of them. We might need, you know, um, they might fill up our, our pie chart, so to speak, in different ways. But uh we need all five of those to feel really well in our lives. Now, do you want to, well, this is Nomina's YouTube channel. So I think doing a shameless plug for our uh, family program is just fine. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. Yeah. So our uh, family uh, weekend workshop um, was initially designed for our um, families of folks in our inpatient treatment center. However, you know, the material is actually really relatable to anybody. You don't have to be associated with Nomina or have anybody within, um, you know, our programming to really find benefit from it. I believe on our website, all of the dates are listed. We do multiple um, workshops a year. I think it's like every other month almost. So we, you know, talk about the stamp model. We talk about the five things we need to be well And we do it from a lens of, you know, addictions and mental health. And we do it from a lens of supporting our loved one and taking care of ourselves as, you know, the supporting family. So then we also talk about the biological basis of mental health and addictions. So there's no, there's no tests at the end, but we do go into some uh, neuroscience. We do go into some biology because we find it really helpful to give folks some of that background info of, you know, what's happening in the brain of somebody who's really struggling, you know, and then what's happening in the brain when I'm seeing these sorts of behaviors in front of me. So 
So I find that really, really fascinating. It can be a lot on a Saturday morning, but uh, it's uh, it's really interesting stuff. Then we go more into um, kind of family dynamics and family roles. And then we speak a bit about relapse and relapse prevention, because that's also extremely important when we're talking about recovery. Preparing for and preventing relapse is a part of recovery. And then on Sunday, you know, we start Sunday morning off with a bang and talk about difficult conversations. And so there's, you know, a mix of educational pieces, as well as practical tips and tools for folks to actually practice within the workshop and take into their lives and practice as well. And then we end off our workshop talking about boundaries, talking about self-care, and talking about how uh, we can take care of ourselves while we also show up as a trusted loved one who of somebody who may be struggling with mental health and addictions. Uh, So family dynamics is one thing that you haven't talked about yet. Do you mind just covering that quickly? Yeah. So uh, family dynamics um, is kind of talking about the different roles that we might take in a family system. And these are kind of fluid roles that, you know, different family members uh, might take on. And, you know, the one thing that um, I think might be important for our viewers today to kind of hear about is, you know, sometimes in a family system, we have sort of the identified patient. So there's that sense of this is the person with the problem. And sometimes the family system starts getting pulled into that narrative. And, and we've seen this happen um, where, you know, that person, if they get well on their own and then come back into that family system, it can be really challenging for this family to to navigate something new happening. And so when we look at sort of family dynamics, it's also this sense of, you know, me as the, the family member, what part do I play in the role with my person who's struggling? And so it's it's not to, to say anybody's at blame. It's to say that we are all part of this system that's dynamic and that's moving and that has a relation with each other. And so we really do encourage that sort of introspection of, of what role might I play And what role might I like to play instead of, you know, feeding into or being a part of this not so helpful family narrative? You know, part of that family work is also helping people to look beyond that sense of this is the problem person and see more the whole, right? How could we all move towards more wellness? How can we start to take some space? And that's why I also think the self-care piece of that workshop and in general is important. How can I take some space and start to reflect on myself and see, you know, what are my needs? You know, am I feeling really, you know, burnt out from supporting somebody? Am I feeling like I have to always be the caregiver and I don't get any time to be the the partner, the child, the parent, the sibling. So it's really helping us to start to explore the roles that we've been in and maybe the roles that we'd like to be able to, to take on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I asked that question because of my own experience of being the problem. <laughs> and then having the conversation with my mother to say, you know what, you don't have to take care of me anymore. It's my turn. You know, she's older, she's losing her eyesight. And then the family dynamics of how that changed that now I'm the one who gets the phone calls. And, and yeah, 
it's not fun being the problem and it's not fun being the enabler or, or, you know, whatever your role is that you're trapped in. All of these roles that we get stuck in are challenging to us, right? Because it, it asks us to play only this one part when really human beings were so dynamic and we'd like to be able to take on lots of different roles. Sometimes I'm going to be a bit of a problem. Sometimes I'm going to be a helper. Sometimes I'm just going to be, you know, a cheerleader. Um, sometimes I'm just going to kind of be in the background and, and take some space and all of those things are okay. It's just that we don't want to get kind of like stuck in these really fixed roles where I can't do anything else. Anything that you want to add in closing? I, obviously, it's a virtual program, so I'm going to link all of the information as well as your contact information in the YouTube description and the show notes on the podcast. But I'm excited that it's uh, it's happening again because I again I thoroughly enjoyed my experience going through the family program. I've done a few. I've been facilitating the family. Um, weekend workshop for almost a year now. And I, I love it. Like every weekend is a little bit different because everybody's bringing different insights, different experiences, different stories. Uh, and it's, it's not only wonderful to learn from, you know, your facilitators, you also get this amazing opportunity to learn from other families who might have different experiences, might have somewhat similar experiences. And that's just really cool as well. And I find that I'm always learning from the families as well. So it's just, yeah, overall, um, you know, a favorite part of of my job is doing these uh, workshops. And you can really see how we can create, you know, larger change when we're working with a whole family system as opposed to that real individual basis. So yeah, it's, it's an absolute, um, you know, joy to be able to put these on. Okay. Well, thank you again, Samantha, and we will see you in future videos. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much for having me, Joanne.